Welcome to Politicus, the only podcast that discusses politics and public service from the Portuguese-American perspective. Here we discuss everything from federal policy, local issues, and U.S.-Portugal relations with the goal of driving more discussion and awareness of the issues affecting our nation, our community, and what we as Portuguese-Americans can do about it. And now, Politicus. Bom dia, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Politicus. My name is Angela Samos, and I am here with my co-host, Denise Borges. Hi, Denise. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, Very we, excited about this episode, as always. Uh, I am as well. Yes. So we have Senator Mark Pacheco from Massachusetts, and Senator Pacheco is probably one of the longest-standing elect- Portuguese-American elected officials that we have in the country. So welcome, Senator Pacheco. How are you? Very good, very good. So, Senator Pacheco, I have to say you have a special place in my heart because when I first started working at Palcas back in 1998, I don't mean to date myself, but that's when it was, you were really one of the first people that I met on the East Coast and with the Portuguese community. And so it's, it's one of those things that's always stuck in my mind. I sort of equate my time at, at Palcas with meeting you and, and a few others. So, so yes, that was a, <laughs> that was uh, a long time ago. I can remember being one of the founding members of Palcas back then, and uh, it's come a long way. Right. I mean, it's 27 years. It's hard hard to believe that much time has mm-hmm. passed, and I hate to say it because that means I'm 27 years older than that, but I remember you always being very supportive, so thank you for that. And so why don't you give us a little bit of background on I mean, how many years have you been an elected official now? Is well, it- believe it or not, I'm starting my, uh, this is January of 2019, so I'm starting my 31st year. Wow, congratulations. In Massachusetts uh, legislature. Uh, but really, I served a number of years prior to that at the local level. I was a school board member for, uh, for 10 years prior to joining the uh, Massachusetts legislature. So very close to hate to say it, you're worried about 27 years. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, cool. close to 40 years yeah. you know, of uh, uh, public service in an elected position. But I'm very proud of the, the work that we have been able to do here in Massachusetts and working with some other states and, and also working uh, with some of the national leaders over the years. Senator Pacheco, take us back, if you don't mind, to uh, that first election that you um, uh, were involved in. What drove you into, what motivated you to be in politics, first of all, but especially to start at the school board elected official? Well, it was actually other community leaders uh, that were of Portuguese descent that had uh, reached out to me and encouraged me to run for the school board in the city of Taunton. They had given me a call. I was involved with the Portuguese American Civic Club in uh, in Taunton, which was part of the Portuguese American Civic League of, of Massachusetts at the time. And there was a controversy over a uh, superintendent of schools who was of Portuguese heritage. And uh, there were a group of school board members that were interested in terminating his employment you know, with the uh, uh, with the city, and I happened to have known the person in in his family and thought he was doing a great job, and so I was encouraged to run, and I I, I did run. I, I played in a band back then, and <laughs> so I knew a lot of people locally, 
at the local level because I played either at a wedding or shower or an anniversary or some type of community event. And so a lot of people in the community actually knew my name. And so I, I ran for school board and, and I surprised myself and, and got elected. And uh, unfortunately, the superintendent of schools did not survive. <laughs> we didn't have enough people that got elected uh, that felt the same way. But it was an opportunity for me to, uh, you know, get involved. But if it wasn't for Portuguese American leaders who had reached out to me and, you know, gave me the encouragement and the support to let me know that they thought that I had the ability to uh, run for office and get elected, then I probably would have never taken that, you know, next step. And then from there, from there, you went on to the state legislature or directed to the state senate? No, from there, I was, I was asked at the same time I was on the school board, I was asked by a mayor of Taunton to join him as his uh, chief of staff in the mayor's office in Taunton. And so I served there concurrently as I was on the school board. I was in the mayor's office for eight years. So I was a full-time budget director and worked in municipal finance and economic development for the city of Taunton. And then when the state representative at the time, who was another Portuguese American uh, by the name of Theodore Alexio, when he decided to run for the Senate seat, then I decided to run for the House seat that he was vacating. And I was very fortunate back in 1988 to win that seat in the 88 election and began serving in the Massachusetts legislature in 89. The senator uh, had lost the seat in the following cycle. And so I ended up running for the Senate seat against a, uh, uh, a sitting senator by the name of Irving Wall uh, that was representing Taunton in southeastern Massachusetts at the time. And I was the Democrat, he was the Republican. And so I, I challenged the uh, a sitting uh, senator and uh, was successful back in 1992. So from 93 until uh, today, I have had the great honor of serving the citizens of the first Plymouth and Bristol district here in Massachusetts. And along the way, uh, back in 19, uh, well, actually it was uh, uh, 2001, it was on the fateful day, 9-11, that year, when we had a special election for a congressional seat. Joseph Mulkley, who was a member of the Congress, uh, had passed away, and his seat was... Uh, was uh, vacant and there was a special election for his seat. And I ran in that special election to, uh, uh, to go to the Congress. But unfortunately, only the city of Taunton was in that congressional district. And so it was gonna be a, an uphill battle, but I decided to run because I wanted to get uh, my name out there and to, and, to, and to see if we had an opportunity to uh, do it. Uh, there were probably more than 10 people that were in the race and 
I think I came in third or fourth in that congressional race. But it was a great experience, and I don't regret the opportunity of giving that a try uh, to get to the federal level. I'm I'm just so uh, intrigued by the fact of you know you were in a band and people approached you to to run for office because they they knew how well connected you were. What was your mindset in terms of? Had you ever thought at any point in your life that you would run for office, and and what was it about it that made it? I mean, you you have now, as we said, you're now 40 years into a a career as a uh, as a public servant. So, what was it that I guess made you say, "Yes, I think I can do this." I mean, yes, the the, the people said they would support you, but I mean, you ultimately have to to be interested in that. Is that had you been interested in politics, or had you had an experience that that drove you to it? Well, it wasn't it wasn't really politics that drove me to it. It was more helping people. Right. And, and, and of course, politics is a big part of helping people. You know, the art of uh, compromise and the, and, the, and the art of actually getting policy done that will impact people's lives uh, is, you know, what we also define politics as, at least I do. And, and so many years ago, uh, you know, right out of high school, I was involved with, you know, some of the programs in high school where mm-hmm. we would work uh, with other students or uh, play a leadership role. And I think it was probably my first elected office, which wasn't a public office. It was, it was within the Portuguese community at the Portuguese American Civic Club, hmm. where as a, young, as a young man, I was involved in getting elected to the board of directors of the organization. And then I became the president of the organization. And it was right around the same time that I was asked to be involved with uh, the American Cancer Society, actually, and to go out door to door with uh, a program that the American Cancer Society used to do here many years ago, you know, going door to door and asking people to commit uh, sponsorships and raise some funds, you know, door to door. And in my door-to-door campaign for the American Cancer Society, not for myself, but to raise money for cancer, Mm -hmm. I found out that I sort of liked that interchange with the person on the other side of the door and talking about an issue that they cared about and and I cared about, that type of thing. So that interaction let me know that, you know, I I felt as though I, I had those skills where I could interact with with people and and talk to them about you know various issues that were going on in their life and uh, but I never really thought I would run for office. I helped uh, political leaders run for office as the president of the Portuguese American Civic Club. I was very involved, and I think that's why some of the leaders at that time knowing. Uh, that I had a uh, connection to the community, connection within the Portuguese community, uh, reached out to me as a young mm-hmm. potential uh, leader. And it was that, uh, I guess, pat on the back and, and that word of encouragement that really made a difference you know, to me. I think there's a lot of young people out there in our community in the Portuguese community that may just need 
to be encouraged to give uh, elected office a try. I think it's a great connection that you make between leadership positions in the community at the clubs and then leadership positions in, in, a, in a public service or, you know, in politics. So I think a lot of people don't make that connection. You know, they might serve as president of a club, and then you talk to them about, oh, you should run for office someday. Oh, I could never do that. That That's, I don't, I'm, I would never be able to do that. And it's like, you actually could because you already possess the leadership skills, you know, to be president of this club and have fundraisers and bring people together and, and advocate for, you know, your culture and, and an issue. Um, it, it very much translates over to politics. So I think that's a great connection that you made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to also add that uh, and, and ask a question, um, you know, since you've been in, in public service all these years and of course uh, this uh, in general, uh, not just to the Portuguese American community, but in general, what are some of the major changes in a particular that you have seen throughout these years? I'm sure that the communities have obviously have changed. The, the world has changed and, and the U S has changed, but up until basically just a few months ago, we have seen a lot of apathy from young young Americans of all ethnicities um, that has changed uh, recently. Uh, do you think there is a little bit more of awareness? And talk a little bit about some of the changes that you have witnessed and you have felt. I know that you are passionate about public, public service. So some of the changes you have seen within the last uh, three to four decades. Well, I'll give you uh, just a uh, an example, and it goes back uh, some forty years, as you as you're referencing, both of my service on the school board and then since I've been in the legislature for 30 years, uh, two observations. One is within our own community. Many years ago, we had a lot of uh, new members to the community here in southeastern Massachusetts. We had people that still were immigrating. They were not part of the mainstream society necessarily. Uh, They were uh, involved in the club but not necessarily involved in mainstream society or having the ability to uh, really move public policy at all. That has changed dramatically. Almost no uh, immigration uh, in terms of uh, new arrivals. Uh, Very little of that has happened over the last, uh, you know, 20 years or so, but we've seen much more integration and involvement in the mainstream uh, community. Then when you get to outside of our, uh, our own community in terms of the Portuguese American community, and you get to the community at large, I think the biggest change I've seen is the way we communicate. Obviously the media has changed uh, as evidenced by <laughs> all three of us getting together and doing this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm very, very different today in terms of ways in which the average citizen consume and uh, partake in information and where they're getting their information from. Uh, When I grew up uh, and was on the school board many years ago, citizens in the region would get their news from uh, three or four different TV stations. There was no cable news, certainly no social media. And that's been the biggest change in my opinion. Now, uh, social media is having a a significant impact to the extent that people are saying for the 2020 elections out there nationally, here in this, uh, in in our country and throughout the world, that uh, social media will have a 
a significant impact. Uh, already did have a significant impact in the last uh, set of elections in, in a very unfortunate way. But, um, but I think communications and where people get their information from and how to communicate back out to uh, uh, citizens as an elected official has changed quite significantly. And one could argue for the good and then also sometimes for the not so good, right? So with, yes, with the good comes yes. the bad, <laughs> but. Yes, it's like with anything, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I, I think that has been uh, an amazing change and, and it continues to go on. Even the most recent uh, news that has come out about BuzzFeed and the, and the layoffs that are taking place there because they're just not able to compete mm-hmm. uh, with the way uh, the mega media, uh, you know, social media outlets are able to uh, uh, to move forward. And you go to cable news and there are so many different outlets that are out there now uh, and so many that are opinion news mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, straight balanced uh, reporting that I may be biased on this, but that I felt was a lot more accurate uh, some 20 years ago. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and now we just have opinion news and you have to fact check everything to see if it's, if, if what the information you're getting is actually, is actually accurate. Yeah. To bring it back to the, the, the Portuguese American um, uh, community and you make some valid points and some uh, very thought provoking po- points as well. I think that we all, uh, it's a lot harder to be informed. It seems like we have more information than, than we've ever had, but it's a lot harder to be factually informed right. about what is going on in public service and throughout other, other, other venues of our modern life. If we bring it back, Senator Pacheco, to the um, Portuguese-American community, I know that as a Portuguese-American senator, as a Portuguese-American legislature, as a Portuguese-American person in public service, uh, and I repeat passion about public service, you have had a very strong contact and you have been, you know, a focal point in many uh, initiatives that have happened between uh, your uh, great commonwealths of Massachusetts and Portugal and especially the archipelago of the Azores. And, uh, and 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 the whole Portuguese speaking world, how has being Portuguese and how has this relationship that you've had with different elected officials, whether it be from mainland Portugal, other Portuguese speaking countries, or in the Azores, how has this benefited in your aspect? Not so much you personally, but the community itself. I know that you've worked very hard for this relationship, and and you establish these relationships with great confidence and great competence, and people in 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 Portugal have a high, very high respect as I should for you. So how has this benefited? I believe in many ways, I have also my own biases, and I think it has, but in your in, in your own thoughts, how has this benefited your community and the whole state of Massachusetts in general? Well, I think in one word, I would say respect. I think there's been a lot more respect uh, for the Portuguese American community here in Massachusetts and throughout the United States as a result of the relationships that have been developed uh, between uh, Portuguese American elected leaders and the Portuguese uh, government. Uh, I think uh, the development of that relationship and the continuation of that relationship has been very powerful and it has 
educated uh, Portuguese American elected officials in America about policies that are taking place in Portugal. Uh, for example, we just had a most recent trip where we went to Portugal to learn a lot more about their drug policies. Uh, a lot of legislators from Massachusetts went over to actually learn about the Portuguese uh, drug policies. Um, <clears throat> you know, that would have been unheard of uh, some 30 years ago. And yet the more that the mainstream American voter in, in American press is educated about uh, Portugal, I think in the uh, more that uh, Portugal as well is is has been educated through the elected leaders about some of our concerns and what we have worked on together. I think the the relationship has built mutual respect and brought it to a level uh, that we had not uh, seen before. And I have personally experienced that. When I look at the mainstream media and I see more reporting on Portugal, more about not only tourism, economic development, but about uh, uh, where some of the Portuguese leaders are, including uh, the new Secretary General of the United Nations, you know, former leader of Portugal in, in those relationships back to uh, the Portuguese American leaders. I, I, I was uh, uh, with uh, Guterres not too uh, long ago. Uh, you know, that was unheard of years ago. An American legislator meeting with the Secretary General of the United Nations. Well, that connection is there because of our. Portuguese heritage. What are your opinion of what is your opinion of the uh, uh, recent created about you know a few years ago, uh, three four years ago, the flat legislative dialogues? I know that's um, been something that was uh, has been very dear to the administration at FLAT for uh, the last few years. I know that you participated in all of them. I know that you actively participated in all of them and contributed immensely to them. I'd like to get your opinion on that, especially as FLAT changes ship and what you have thought. If useful, if, if in your opinion, uh, those uh, legislative dialogues that brought together many Portuguese Americans from uh, uh, both coasts. I think it's one of the most successful things that uh, FLOT has done that has really made a difference in developing a better understanding uh, between Portugal and the United States as a whole. You know, I've been very proud of being uh, invited and becoming an active uh, member in the dialogue that has taken place. And I credit the, the, the FLAD members, uh, most of which, uh, all of which I guess are, are leaving now and a new board will be coming in. And I hope that uh, the new uh, leadership of FLAD will uh, continue this very important dialogue because it, uh, it uh, has become a conduit Uh, full of ideas going back and forth between America and Portugal and Portugal to America uh, in building important relationships 
that last uh, for a lifetime. And I think that's uh, extremely important. I'll give you one example. It goes back to uh, East Timor. Uh, and I think, Denise, you, you, you know the history mm-hmm. about a lot of the Portuguese-American uh, uh, legislators that were working with the government of Portugal and like-minded Americans that thought that what was happening in Indonesia was wrong with the former uh, East Timorese uh, colony of Portugal and people like Tony Cabral uh, here in Massachusetts and Daniel DuPont at the time and our legislators in California and New Jersey and other states, we all filed legislation to divest uh, from Indonesia uh, until there was an independent election uh, to take place. And so the whole divestment campaign that went on throughout the United States uh, was done because of the education that went back and forth. And in part, some of that was the early stages of the dialogue. But in the last several years, the dialogue has really stepped up to the plate where we've had prime ministers and the presidents and uh, the ministers of all the various uh, important parts of the Portuguese uh, government in meeting with rank-and-file legislators and congressional leaders uh, in America and being educated about uh, the issues that Portugal is going through, which uh, gives us all a better education here in America about what's happening not only in Portugal, but also in the European Union and what is happening, you know, and and how we can have a better understanding uh, about all of these uh, questions that are, uh, in particular, very challenging today in uh, the global society within which we we live. Indeed. Um, within the Portuguese-American uh, world, uh, whether it be in the East Coast, West Coast, and now, you know, we're kind of diversified into other states that, um, you know, maybe a couple decades ago weren't uh, very traditional for Portuguese-American presence, but now are, uh, especially with second and third generations. Any words uh, of wisdom that you can uh, give to our, especially our younger uh, listeners who may be at the age that you were, you know, when you first got into public office a few decades ago, to, to get involved and, and uh, basically any, any, any thoughts that you would like to share with them as uh, to this still very important and vital uh, part of our society, which is, you know, public service or elected office. Um, what can you tell us in a two-folded part, first of all, to those who may be thinking of getting involved in, in the political world from their school boards all the way up to the Congress, and also to the Portuguese-Americans who aren't thinking about getting involved, but the importance of, of obviously voting? Well, I, I, I'll speak first to those that, are, that may be listening that uh, may have some interest, uh, not sure whether or not they have the ability to uh, to move forward. Let me just say, anybody that's listening and thinking about it, you can do it. You can make a difference. And it doesn't have to be in the Congress of the United States. It doesn't have to be uh, president of the United States. It can be a local office, or it could be just getting involved in a social 
activity or a social club, any way in which you can help to better uh, the community in which you live, I think is, is, is a way to look at it. You can do it. It's, it's just a matter of really having the passion for making a difference. It's a matter uh, sometimes of just having some patience as well and being persistent to really make a difference. It could be a community issue that, that is something out there that you're concerned about. It could be uh, something you want to do in education. I know for me it was public education and improving that area first and foremost. And that's what got me uh, interested in public service. But I, I think uh, you, you certainly do it, get involved, and uh, reach out to any of us to see how we can be helpful. But Because uh, I think there's a lot of leaders, if they're not reaching out to you, if you reach out to them, and I have that happen to me quite often, or I have young people that call the office and want some assistance and doing some research that they're doing in college or wanting to uh, uh, actually sit down and talk to me about a potential run for office, uh, I think you'll find that those elected officials will be more than happy uh, to do that with you. Secondly, in terms of just the, whether it's the millennial uh, population or, or younger, I, I, I get a sense here in Massachusetts that there is a real demand from the younger population of wanting to be involved and getting involved. And I think uh, social media has brought the ability to get involved, you know, much closer uh, to them. I would say that the most important title that we all have uh, is that of citizen. And to be a truly good citizen, that means not only taking advantage of the uh, rights that we have as uh, in our society, uh, you know, we've got the right to vote, we've got the right to, you know, practice whatever religion we choose, the right to complain and, you know, demand uh, things from our governmental leaders. But we also have responsibilities as citizens. And one of those responsibilities is to educate oneself about the issues, mm -hmm. to really fact check these issues. Mm -hmm to really get involved with these issues so you really understand them as a citizen so you can make the best decisions going forward. And the most important thing is to get out there and vote, to participate, because everything that we are as an American society, you know, going forward in anything we are today, uh, historically looking to what we've done here, all the major changes that have happened, uh, whether it's uh, uh, the right to vote for women, mm -hmm. whether it's civil rights issues, whether it's race issues. I mean, any of the major issues that have taken place, they've taken place because of citizen activity and ultimately the right to vote in changing policy uh, getting policies changed, uh, taking these issues to the courts, 
you know, whatever it is, you, you really need to be involved. And that's what I would urge everyone to do. Don't wait for somebody else to come along and fix a problem for you. If you see a problem that needs fixing, look around. And if there's nobody else doing it, then you have the responsibility to see what you can do about it. And so that's my message uh, to uh, the citizens out there to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, use the most important title that any of us have, and that is that of citizen. I think you, you bring up so many great points in your message. Thank you, Senator Pacheco. The first one was, uh, you know, reaching out to folks like yourself or even to Palkus, and we can always connect you with uh, elected officials, uh, Portuguese-American elected officials in, in many other states, that, you know, if you have questions, if you just want to talk, what is it like? What does it take? What are the skills required? And, you know, just essentially seeking a mentor. Um Definitely reach out, reach out to us, reach out to people like Senator Pacheco, because we are here to help. And, and that's part of our responsibility to our community, right, is, is to help others um, find mm-hmm. their way. Uh, and then you, your point about just get involved. You know, it's, it's funny. I feel like, and I've said this before on, on other podcasts, but, you know, our, our ancestors took the ultimate risk in coming to this country with nothing and, and building a life for themselves. And it was almost like that risk was enough for the rest of their lives because they got here and then adopted the philosophy of don't, don't cause a fuss. Don't get, don't get it too involved. Just do your job, pay your bills and, and fly under the radar, you know? And so now I feel like with the newer generations, with each generation, we're becoming a little bit more and more active and more and more vocal, which is great to see. And to your point, I feel like uh, there are more of us that are taking action and, not letting others dictate, you know, how, how life is going to be and, and getting involved. So can, let's continue that trend. And, and I totally agree with you that um, that's, that's how we have to approach things because for example, with regards to Portuguese language and, and policy around that, no one's going to advocate for that, for that, for our community other than us. Right. And so mm-hmm. we have to demand it. We have to, to, to seek it out. So that's one, one example where taking action is absolutely required. So um, excellent messages. Thank you. Thank you very much. And with that, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. That was pretty, pretty fast. I, the, the half an hour <laughs> tends to fly by. Um, but thank you very much, Senator Pacheco. It was really great having you on and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. It's been, it was long overdue, well, long overdue. Well, thank you. Let me just thank you, Angela. And thank you, Denise, for the, uh, you know, the opportunity and the leadership that both of you are providing uh, to uh, Palcus and the Portuguese community in general. I, been paying attention to what you you all have been doing and it is really really uh you know moving us to a level that we have not been at before in terms of communications and i think communications are very very important because without uh looking at all of these different ways to communicate and get the message out about where the Portuguese American community is today, Mm -hmm. as opposed to where we were years ago, uh, you know, then, then people wouldn't understand uh, the talent, the extraordinary group of personalities that we have all across 
the U.S. if it wasn't for the work that you guys are doing. So thank you both very, very much for your leadership. Oh, thank you for for saying that, and I appreciate it. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, in addition to to Denise and myself, we have a pretty stellar group of people on the board. Um, with, yes, with Catherine, mm-hmm. Marie, uh, Lisa, Annabella, uh, Lorinda, Paul, lots of new blood that has come on board that really has driven the kind of activity that you've been seeing over the last couple of years. And um, I mean. We're, we're very thankful to, to our, our veteran board members for, for keeping things going for so long and because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. But it's so great to see some new people jumping on board with new ideas. And, you know, to your point about communication and, and reaching more of the population, I, you know, we're <clears throat> expanding our network to include, you know, Arizona, Hawaii, Colorado, Idaho, Nevada, Florida. I mean, there's so the Portuguese are everywhere. And, and so it's been great to have people reach out to us to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm living in, you know, Tennessee and there aren't really many Portuguese here, but I saw you and I like to be connected. I mean, that's a tr- true Testament to, um, to the, the power of communication, but I, to your point also, I think the power of uh, what we've been able to do in the last couple of years. So, so thank you for, for mentioning that. And with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. And I just want to recognize our the, the organizations that have made this uh, podcast possible. I want to thank FLAD for their sponsorship and also the government of the Azores has provided some, some sponsorship. So we wouldn't be able to do this without them. And thanks to everybody for listening out there. If you haven't actually hit subscribe, please do so. And that way, every episode of Politicus will automatically show up in your podcast feed. And please share this podcast with friends and family. Leave us a, a recommendation on iTunes. That that will help other Portuguese folks find us. And we are the only podcast discussing politics from a Portuguese American perspective. So it's an important conversation for us to have. And so please share that with your friends and family. And with that, um, thanks again, Senator Pacheco, and have a wonderful day. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Politicus, the official podcast of Palcus, the Portuguese American Leadership Council of the United States. Palcus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community at large. To learn more about Palcus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palcus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palcus.palcus.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palcus. Palcus.